Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining me for Modern Living with Dr. Angela. I'm your host, Dr. Angela Chester. I am talking to uh, Carol Miley today about her book, Metastic madness and kicking cancer to the curb. Now, you guys know that I am a breast cancer survivor, so anytime we can talk about kicking cancer to the curb, I am all for it. And I know that many of you want to know more about how you can help uh, someone that you love deal with cancer. So get comfortable. We are going to jump right in. Hello, Carol. Thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me today. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, I have had the privilege of being able to talk to you on Daily Spark with Dr. Angela, my radio show. So I'm really happy to be able to bring uh, you here to the podcast and share you with even a different audience. So I have to ask you, first off, uh, the title of your book. I never like to assume, I like to ask. Can you tell us, how did you come about the title of your book? Well, my first book, Metastatic Madness, um, came about at a time that my world was turned upside down. Uh, I received my very first uh, cancer diagnosis at the time and learned that I was already at uh, stage four breast cancer that had metastasized to quite a few areas in my bones and also to my other breast. So it was a, a very a big shock, and I wrote a poem called Metastatic Madness, the title of the book, that opens with, you have to be half mad to live with this disease. So I kind of um, took um, the approach that I was going to just meet it head on. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, being an author, is that something that you've always wanted to do, or did you find that this was simply uh, the most effective and efficient way to really get your story out there to the masses? In a way, it's both. I did always want to write. When I was very young, I would um, often think of things um, uh, during the night, and I'd keep paper and pencil next to my bed, and I would jot down some of my thoughts. So I was always writing in school. Um, I did a lot of um, plays, and I was involved with writing poems, stories, and performing some of them. So uh, that sort of um, creative um, spark was in me from the very beginning, but it really wasn't until I was faced with uh, terminal cancer that I felt uh, compelled to write a book. I wanted to help others. I wanted to um, clear up some of the myths and the misconceptions about breast cancer, particularly stage four. I wanted to support people who were going through this diagnosis, and this seemed to me the best way to get the uh, facts and the information out there and the support. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, someone may be saying, oh, there are stages 
I didn't realize that. Can you tell us, um, we, we're not putting you in the position of being an oncologist, of course, but can you tell us um, what are some of the differences between uh, the various stages between one and four? Well, it's a matter of severity and spread. Um, stage one, uh, and there is now a, a stage zero, believe it or not, um, in those early stages, one, zero, one, and two, the tumor is small, there's no spread to the lymph nodes, and generally speaking, it responds well to chemotherapy, radiation, maybe surgery like um, a lumpectomy. But when you get into stage three, it's more serious business. It's already most likely affected the lymph nodes, and it's a larger tumor. It may or may not be uh, resectable. Um, but stage four uh, is an incurable form. It is the only stage that kills. Um, unfortunately, uh, I know that sounds kind of crude, but uh, once you reach stage four, you have a terminal illness and eventually you will die from it. Um, so the goal of that treatment is to manage your side effects, to manage um, the metastases, try to slow the growth. You can't stop it in its tracks, but you can put it in a dormant stage and you can coast along uh, sometimes for months or years. I'm one of the very fortunate ones um, in that I was diagnosed almost 12 years ago. So um, although the average um, longevity is three to five years, I have been walking around with this stage four and living my life for close to 12 years. So I, I, I think that um, God has been kind to me. I have an angel on my shoulder, and I have maybe some genetics to thank for it. I was uh, postmenopausal when I was diagnosed. That helps because my tumors were hormone sensitive. And uh, at that stage in menopause, I don't have estrogen and progesterone flowing, um, you know, um, through my body. There's uh, smaller amounts. And so I was put on hormone blockers. Uh, that's why younger women have a harder time with stage four. It's more aggressive for them because they still have quite a load on board of, of those hormones. But stage four is a tough one because you can't cure it. You can only try to manage it. Yes, that is that is so true. I, I had a friend that had stage zero, and uh, fortunately she did not have to do the chemo and the radiation and, and all of that. And being someone who was uh, 2B, and it's really funny because people have no idea, and of course you know even more than I do, I'm sure, uh, of all of the breakdowns and having, you know, 2A or 2B, and it's like, oh, my goodness. So absolutely, yeah. each person has has their own story, and I and I tell people just because someone says that they have uh, breast cancer, it doesn't mean that you can say, oh yeah, yeah, I know your story. No, you don't. You should listen to each woman who has a story because there's something that you can learn from each person. Because as uniquely as we are, so so is um, our journey 
uh, uh, dealing dealing with uh, dealing with cancer. So, uh, thank you so much for that. Now, I want to ask you about men getting uh, breast cancer. So many folks believe that when we talk about men getting breast cancer that that's impossible. It can't possibly be that because we think of the difference between male and female, the way that we physically look, that it couldn't be possible for men to have breast cancer. Can you clear that up? I'm sure someone has asked you that as well. Yes. Um, I know that people find it to be um, ironic that men who they don't think of as having breasts um, could have breast cancer, but they do have um, breast tissue, and they do get breast cancer. I know uh, someone who, a wonderful man who recently died from metastatic breast cancer. So, um, and I know of a situation where a father and a daughter were going through it at the same time. Um, It's um, a a much smaller percentage, perhaps uh, 1% of the number of women who get breast cancer are represented by men. So, um, and and in terms of stage four, approximately 40 to 44,000 women will die in the United States each year from metastatic breast cancer, while about 400 men uh, will pass away as a result of their stage four breast cancer. And they go through the same things. They go through, you know, chemo and radiation and surgeries and you know it's the same deal for them as for us despite the fact that many people think they don't have breasts and you try to tell a man that he should do a self-breast exam each month and they'll laugh at you but um, I think wow it's a lot easier for them they don't have as much breast tissue to palpate through to look for a lump so it would be very easy, and I think men should do that, and I'm advocating for that today. You are you are so, so right, and it just, it seems to boggle the mind of, of most people when you when you say that, but we, we really do need to be a little bit more proactive in making sure that, that we are okay, male and female alike. I couldn't agree with you more there. Now, there may be someone um, that is saying, I love someone who is going through a breast cancer ordeal right now, um, and I don't know what I can do to really best suit them or to best help them. What was something, um, a piece of advice that you can give to someone who may not be there for the day-to-day care but still wants to be supportive of someone going along on their breast cancer journey? What would you suggest to them? Well, this is a great uh, question, and I did address it in my second book, Kicking Cancer to the Curb, because people aren't always sure what to say or what to do. Um, If you can't be there um, frequently to support that person, there are a number of things you can do, and rather than ask them, uh, what can I do for you, or just call me, I'll do whatever, Uh, be a little bit more proactive and tell them, you know, I can pick up your prescriptions for you at the drugstore or I can get you um, an extra meal that you might need. uh, Every Wednesday I'll bring by something for your family to eat or I'll come by and I'll water your plants or I'll take care of your yard once a week. 
offer to do something that you think you can on a smaller scale if you can't be there frequently to support that person. That is great advice. I love, love, love that idea. Instead of leaving it vague, go ahead and state something that you can do, and that way you know that it will get done. Well, Carol, I have so enjoyed talking to you here today. Now, anyone who wants to listen to even more of this amazing um, lady and, and the advice that she has given, again, Daily Spark with Dr. Angela, she is episode 360. That's episode 360, Daily Spark with Dr. Angela, your favorite streaming platform. Again, Carol, thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us. Before I let you go, can you remind everyone really quick, what is the title of the book? Where can we get a copy? How do we stay in contact with you? Yes, my uh, first book is Metastatic Madness, and it's about coping with a stage 4 diagnosis. The second book is Kicking Cancer to the Curb. Uh, and it's more about uh, becoming an advocate for yourself and for others. They are available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books a Million, um, and various other online uh, venues. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Thank you again, Carol. You are me to get so welcome. You are so welcome. And, everyone, thank you for tuning in and listening as well. You guys know that I always want to give a shout-out to everyone that is listening. So thank you for Home Country USA coming in in the number one spot. Number two, Australia. Australia, you're welcome to the number two spot. Number three is Philippines. Number four is the U.K. And last, the search not least, my neighbors to the north in Canada. Thanks, you guys, so much for tuning in and making our show an international success. With that being said, I am wishing you nothing but good health. May you have an awesome and amazing day. May you be uh, with someone that loves you and you love them. I am just wishing you peace and happiness today and every day, and may you do it with a really good book. Until next time, everyone, here's to your mental health.